deeper down the rabbit hole. Saturday, 6 p.m., live in Toronto, Ontario, at the Queen City Curio Occult and Spiritual Store. Welcome. We're a little late today. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties. So those of you playing the deeper down the rabbit hole drinking game, go ahead and take a shot. Or two, depending how two. how hard you want to go. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So what do we have going on at the store at 607 Gerard Street in Toronto, Zach? Case well, we... This is Zach. What do we got going on? What we got going on is that we have a tarot workshop next weekend because we had to move it from this week. So next week, it's all about enchantments with the tarot with Andrea. And so Sunday, Sunday, what's going on Sunday? Sunday, 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 lucky Buddha rituals. We're still going. So if you need more luck, Sundays, people can sign up for that uh, store and Eventbrite. So today, besides all the technical difficulties, we have a really awesome guest today. I mean, we have a couple of his books. They're short, but they're packed with like dense, dense, solid information. So who's our guest today, Zach? So our guest is D. Lumen Raw, and he's an Ifa priest, a practicing magi and student of creation. For 24 years, he has studied uh, Rastacrucian magic, mysticism, so well. Solomonic magic, Christian magic, Ifa, voodoo and hoodoo, African traditional magic, Wicca and witchcraft. For more than 16 years, he has successfully practiced the above crafts. So welcome to the show. Thank you. So the Conjure books, what convinced you to write them? What made you decide to share these kind of really good information out? All right. Uh, Actually, I was encouraged by a friend, you know, Kimberly from, uh, I think she's in Florida, yeah. You know, I, she used to be my student. She used to be my friend, too, you know. So I used to teach her a lot. I used to tell her what to do instead of doing it for her. So the way I used to teach her step by steps, I never wanted to write all these out, you know. So she encouraged me to, like, why not just put these informations out there? A lot of people are looking for this. It's very straight to the point, very direct, very okay, very workable and practical. So why don't you just share it with people? So that was what really encouraged me. And then it didn't really take our words so serious. Two of, two of my friends still came on board and was like, you know, you got to do this. So I was encouraged to do it. That was really what moved me to do, publish it out. It was mostly a private information for me and things I just do myself and uh, assist those around me and probably those who pay me outside the country. I said my environment. And I, what you said is absolutely true. It's very dense, straight to the point. It's like, this is how you do it, which is kind of refreshing. There's a lot of sort of conjure and, and hoodoo books that kind of like beat around the bush about what they're trying to do or don't really give the details of like, you know, go do this here and this is the oils and this is the stuff you need and that's what you need to do this. Quite refreshing, actually. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know, I, I hate I hate reading books that just giving you stories and stories and stories without actually giving you the whole the whole juice, you know. 
just giving you stories and stories. I, it doesn't really refresh. It's not really encouraging. You know, sometimes you get tired within there. Before you get the whole piece of information, you might have read up to like five, ten pages, which is just bullshit to me. Nice, nice. And I should say, like, the small books that are, like, densely packed, they're, I have one here, so wait, here we yep. go. I got one here. Okay. I got I got. This is the for the video, this is the pimp, so they're kind of and they're not very expensive. These books are, are really um if you get the, the digital copy, it's only like three dollars. Um, yeah. I mean, and I it's it's only don't take it like I'm saying like this this book to me when I read it, it was like twenty pages that are in here are like usually the seven pages. Full. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hidden Praise actually had to make me write it down to that smaller size. Like, this information, if I want to make it like, if I want to write it the way other people write their books, I could greatly make these like into a huge page, like up to like 50 pages. Really make that up to 50, 60 pages. But uh, Hidden Praise made me to like, you know, uh, you know, bring it back a little bit down and then straight to the point. No filtering around the bush and stuff like that. You know, that's why it's kind of a minimum size of page. Actually, I'm working on a new book. It's going to be uh, a go-to book. I'm going to be putting all the things I practice, how I practice them, and all of that into that book. It's going to be up to, like, let's say, 500 or 600 pages so far. It will be a book that would explain things step-by-step. Step. Why are you using this material? What are the scientific spiritual science behind that? what you're doing why does it work why would it work and why would it fail and things like that then if i'm talking about a specific herbs probably explain the history of that herbs and then give you the different magical uh you know magical uses you know and a little bit of the medical use too of those uh, herbs so that's gonna be be a little bit uh huge it's gonna be a little bit humongous i think we'd be interested i mean me and uh Zach, oh, we definitely know, be interested we're interested in a fair amount of conjure. Some of the spells looked very familiar when I saw them. I'm like, okay, I was taught a little bit differently when I learned in Chicago, but this was very similar. So, like, maybe we could give your favorite spells so people know what's in here. One of the favorite ones. You don't have to pick your favorite. One that you think they need to hear so they know this is good material. You got right. one in mind. We could tell right there. We saw yeah, it on your we, face. We, know. we saw it. Like one of these favorite one is like I'm talking about from the crossroad, from the crossroad mm. one. Yeah, because that, this one I have, Andy. Sorry, I would have had all my books, Andy, but I had an incident that I actually had my house got on fire. You know, last year, so I lost oh. most of my books and stuff like that. So I would have had Andy most of these books. All right. Getting straight to the point, I love working with a crossroad because it is a uh, the, the 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 physical realm where heavens meet earth and heads meet heavens, mm -hmm. where spirits are gathered, you know, and conjured to actually carry out an oppression. It's an impromptu altar as per se. So I like to walk in there. A lot of works could be done. Would love work, road opening, whatever you intend to do at the crossroad. So it's always beautiful to you know engage with the spirits of the crossroad. I've actually come in contact one-on-one -on -one with these entities. So it gives me that boost to actually work more with them. One of the favorite spells in this book that I love so much to do is the one where you get 
of a key, you know, to go bury at the crossroad. You know, you bury the key, then you retrieve back one back home, you know. So the one at the graveyard is actually having a, a link with the one you know, in your hands or the one you're carrying on yourself, you know. So it's actually one of my favorites. Another of my favorite spell in this book is actually a Clinton, you know. If you read about a Clinton here, a lot of people talk about hair cleansing and whatnot, but it's not well to really explain in this manner, you know. So this in here, I explain lots about hair cleansing, how you should do it properly. So it's also one of my favorite because before every magical operation, you are supposed to purify your organic body, you know, cleanse your energy, energy body so as to be able to align with the spirits. So hair cleansing, it's very okay. And it's the egg is like a womb. You know, it could be pregnant with something and it could give birth to something too. So using it to cleanse, it's kind of like a vacuum that actually absorbs all those negative energies into it. And then when you do that and take it to the crossroad, throw it at the back, at the, over your left shoulder rather, and it busts on the crossroad. Like you're giving to the crossroad spirits, the negative forces, you know, you cleaned away from your being, negative vibes, you're offering it back to the crossroad to neutralize it. And bring you back something good you know so it's also one of the favorite spells i love in this book too i might not want to explain all the spells like step by step i'm just telling you that no 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 these are the kind of spells, yeah so what happens to the negative energy in the crossroads once you give the egg spell up once you give the egg up all right this is what happened when you actually put anything at the crossroad it is not just one spirit at a crossroad there are abundance of spirits at the crossroads. But at the same time, there is actually one specific uh, kind of spirits that would take that information and allow it to pass through to other spirits along along the side. It's just like um, your get man, you know, opening the door. Without opening the door to your guest, they won't come in. So the, it takes the information to you and return it back to the, to the guest. That is what the spirits of the crossroads do. So when you offer the egg at the crossroad, what happens is that the spirit actually takes this information, the information that you want to be cleansed. They read that egg right now contains all your prayers, all your energy, all your signals that you're sending to the spiritual world. It's all fixed into the egg. So they take that information. It's just like um, a plane crash. Then you go look for the, uh, what they call, not really good at that. I think the brand, it had a, what they call it? The, the black box. The black box. Yeah, the yeah, black yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the black box. Now, it contains all the information of the plane. You understand? And what actually happened, you know, before, what causes the whole issue and all of that. So when you pass the egg, it's just like the black box to the spirit. Then diagnose the egg. They look at it and see what you sent through this egg. What is the purpose of this egg here? They check it and look at it. So when they look at it, they now push it to the appropriate spirit. It is not actually the crossroad spirit doing the cleansing for you or solving your problem. It's just going to pass it to the appropriate spirit that would solve that problem. So by right. diagnosing the egg, they know your problem. They know what you want to solve. And then they help you solve it. And that is the reason why you don't just cleanse and then throw this stuff without giving offering. That would be a disrespect. So you give offering in terms of like, this is what I'm giving you in order for you to do this. There's always an exchange within the world of the of right, men and right. the world of the spirits. Right, so, so it's like, exactly, it's a, the, right, so basically it's a mutual exchange, like here's the bad, here's here's some, some nice offerings, and make it happen, 
you know, like make it go to the right place and make it transform the right way. Yeah. Now, talking about these, it reminds me, it's not really in this book, but in my upcoming book, uh, I will teach more about these, the different levels of cleansing in Africa. You know, we use but water, that is this, the minimum stage of cleansing. We use egg as a kind of like stage two, you know. Then outside, we use a roaster as stage three. Now, it depends on what you want to achieve when it comes to the roaster. If you're actually cleansing, you try to use a roaster as close to as white as possible, like a white roaster with less other colors in it to do the cleansing. If you're actually looking for less, you're, you're sacrificing the roaster. Like you cleanse yourself. This is not like cleansing negative energy, but you cleanse yourself in terms of absorbing your information, your intention into the, the roaster. You know, like your, it could be for love, it could be for wealth, it could be for health. You know, you absorb it into the roaster and then you send it into the realm of the spirit of the crossroad. They take it, you know, into other realms, into that spiritual world that will solve the problem. So that could, you could use a different color, like us. if it is for health, you use a black roaster. If it is for wealth, you will use a different color, multiple colors of kind of a roaster, you know, for it. So talking about this egg thing at the crossroad, that's what it does. It sends your spirit, sends your energy, sends your information to the spiritual world. They know what to do with it at the end of the day. Then the offering is like, this is what I'm giving you in order for this. That is the reason why they take your negativity, transform it, and then give you back what is good. I think one of the key points that like keeps coming across is this is idea of exchange and the necessary kind of going when you go to the crossroads is kind of mentioned a couple of times you're making, you're bringing them offerings and, you know, and it would be disrespectful or possibly dangerous if you go without offerings. Cause it's like, you're just being like, here's the negativity do, do what's right, but you get nothing. And this yeah, idea of mutual like exchange that would, yeah, it often yeah, you keep mentioning like, it. Yeah, often it's just more or less like you employ someone or you actually employ the assistance of uh, someone to maybe clean your house, you know, or something like that. And then at the end of the day, after spending hours cleaning the house, you know, all of the necessary things and putting tidying of the house, you end up not giving the person even food. Like, you know, maybe you're not paying him. It's a voluntary work, but you need to at least give him a water or food at least something you know to appreciate him or at least maybe if he's not driving maybe he drove him back to his destination so it's still a means of a uh, kind of a mood of uh, uh offering like you know it's exchange for something he did this way you do this one now because if you don't do that next time the person is coming to your home maybe you need the assistance of that person he might not want to do it he might be reluctant no matter what even if it's your son you must give your your, your child something in order for to get something from your child the same thing you would your wife or something like that. So there must be a level of exchange. I mean, that, I mean, I think that's so critical because you're describing it like as if it's like a person, you know, and if you're trying to get this in some ways, that's true. Even though, like, I think some people, it's clear when I'm reading this, that that's true. Even with some of the angel work that you put in the crossroads work, like you, that that's different from the general conception in ceremonial magic. Like, oh, they just do whatever because they're called. But you're saying no. Like, if you're going to ask Saint Raphael for a you know a blessing, you got to give something. Yeah. So, more about the crossroad. The crossroad is a point of decision. 
it's generally in everybody's life. There's a point in our life when we hit the what we call the crossroad of our life, where you have to make a serious decision, where you have to decide either you're moving forward, backward, or sideways. So now, anytime you reflect, this is not really ritual per se, but anytime you're reflecting, you're actually performing what I call a kind of a psyche ritual at the crossroad. Whenever you're reflecting, whenever you're contemplating a situation, you're actually indirectly performing a, a mental ritual at the crossroad. You're actually invoking the, the spirits of the crossroad. The spirits of the crossroad are inside of you, not just outside of you. You get the point here. So, so yeah, absolutely, that. absolutely. So, what? How would somebody like? What's a good meditation that you can kind of just like kind of give our listeners just to kind of get to that space, like? That inner crossroad space. I mean, Zach, I mean, totally understand. That's totally correct. Any decision that you can make when you start reflecting is actually a crossroads you're passing through. So it totally makes sense. But what do you advise your students to do so they can get to the point they can reflect on that and make a decision? All right. One first thing is allow yourself to be within. Because whatever you cannot get within you, you can't get without you. That's one sure thing. Whatever you find difficult to reason within you and get it out, to solve it within you, you can't solve it without. So the first stage when you're in a deep reflection is to allow yourself to go within, to listen within yourself, to allow the information to come naturally. Don't force it. That's one stage. While you're doing that reflection, try to see that you are actually at a crossroad. Now, try to look at inside of yourself, which, where does the answer lies? ahead of me, behind me, or my both side. Allow the answer, like I said before, to come come on its own, to flow. Don't push it, don't program it. Now, when that answer tells you it's actually in front of you, or behind you, or by your sides, see a gift, like at the crossroad, like, like ahead of you, either by the side or behind you, but ahead. See a gift, like a closed gift, an ancient gift before you. Now, since that is, it's actually where your mind is saying that that's where the solution is, just mentally recite Psalm 24, verse 7, which actually says, Open all your gates and be ye lift up over your ear everlasting doors, and the king of, king of glory shall come in. Now, that would actually send a signal to your subconscious mind that you're wanting a gates to be opened. It also sends a signal to the spiritual realm that you want a gates of that information you're seeking, of that thing you're reflecting, because you want to see it. You're not yet seeing it. A gate is blocking it. You're still having a veil crossing between you and that decision. So now you want to get into the realm of that decision. And your mind have told you at first stage that this is the direction. So all you need to do at this moment is when you recite that, it opens that veil. It kind of like clear the veil. Now you now move through that gate because you will see the gate mentally that it is opening. You move through the gate. When you move through the gate, at a point, you will see those things that you are reflecting upon. They will come out on a plain way. You will see it mentally, like, this is what I got to do. This is what I got to do in order to get this through this gate. So when you grab all of these things, allow your mental self to do the work. Don't force it. Just allow it to flow. It takes a little bit of practice to succeed in this exercise. So... When you get through the gate, you see, you begin to see it because that's what your mind says. It says, that is the gate, that this thing lies in. So you have opened the gate, you see it. 
when you begin to see it, absorb as much as you can. When you when you want to return back, thank the spirits. Like mentally say, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the things I have received, for the informations and all of that. Then try to return back through the gate. So it's a simple exercise. It helps me a lot. Each time I'm reflecting and I'm confused, I'm at a point of my crossroad in life, and I do this simple exercise. What happens is that all the information, what I'm looking at, what I'm looking, what I'm looking for, unveil itself within that gate. That is a pretty good exercise. Yeah, very nice. Very kind of like to the point. Let's because we passed by it fast. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, in order to add up to this, this is just a general advice when you're performing a crossroad work, probably at your altar. Because sometimes we might not always be able to go to the actual crossroad. So we can bring the crossroad back home. Now, what do you do? Before, before we wind up this very part of the discussion, I will provide a, a ritual tips that would actually, is actually in one of my course. So that will actually, you know, introduce you in with the crossroad spirit and actually initiate you with them so you have a constant link so i'll talk about that much later but now what i'm talking about here is this if you are walking a crossroad walking like a road opener walking on your altar at home not at the actual crossroad use that meditation of a gate constantly at a point in that ritual you see sometimes we just perform rituals without using our mental brain what the mind thinks According to Napoleon Hills, he says it can conceive. What about conceive? Whatever your mind can conceive, think and conceive, it can be achieved. So we should always learn to use the brain. People think it's a, it's a new age stuff, but this is not really a new age stuff. It has been there since antiquity. So no, that's magic has been there for forever. So yeah, it has been part of your mind being and can never be taken away. So when you probably don't realize it, just just losing the bigger picture of magical world. So when you're performing a ritual, at a point, you have to stop. You have to have a break at a certain point in your ritual to reflect, to engage mentally into the spiritual world, to link with the spiritual world, to perform the work in the astral realm yourself, not just the physical thing you're doing. Now, at that point in time, you relaxed. Imagine yourself at the center of a crossroad. Imagine before you, this is not reflection. This is a different from the exercise we talked about. This is just you're doing an open-road opener walking, either for yourself or for anyone. See yourself at the center of the crossroad. Look through forward ahead of you. See a, an ancient gate, like the, the you know, those gates you have in the Roman time and stuff like that. Those ancient gates, you know, belt, in, you know, high and all of that. So imagine that gate and recite that psalms. You could also add some, some other psalms. I think it's still in this book. Which spoke about you know God breaking your bounds you know in Sunday and allowing you to pass through. So you recite those psalms and you see this gate forcefully opened, like as if someone is behind it opening it for you. So yeah, you're welcome. Come in, and then you walk through this gate. This is like meditation for you, road opener walking. You walk through this gate. As you're walking into this gate, begin to see the things you want to see in your life. The reason why you're doing the ritual, the end result of that ritual, begin to see it in that gate. See yourself, let's say, for instance, I'm actually doing a road opener working to be employed in a certain company. Now, to remove all the blockages and all of that. After doing this ritual, the meditation is actually, the gate is a blockage. Yeah. So the meditation, the ritual will actually open the gate automatically. Then you move through this gate. See yourself moving into the company. Moving into the company. See yourself being interviewed. See yourself 
everything you want to see successfully done then you come out with this from this gate successfully you're happy the job is yours so the 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 the, the science behind these meditation is actually that the gate is a blockage the gate is a blockage your ritual actually cause the gate to be open your ritual is like the password is like the the key to this gate that actually unlock it so mentally you've engaged yourself into the walking not just the physical work so you're not just being lazy around and believing that the spirit will do your job for you that takes us to where sometimes when we're talking about personal concern it's very important it shows the spirit the spirit could actually locate your your target but mind you it shows your kind of your seriousness your devotion your you know being to the walking and then the spirits kind of like grip on what you have done and finish it up for you. This is what brings me to the point whereby I tell people, don't just get engaged into magic because you feel like performing some spells and whatnot. Try to solve the problem physically first. Like imagine there is no magic for you. Imagine that there is no magical word for you. How would your life have been? Imagine that you don't know what is magic. How would your life have been? What? How would you solve this problem? So in that way, when you have try all the physical you know brain behind it program and all of that attach that then with the magical working you see boom you get results but when you are leaving all your all your mind on the spirit it takes a longer time so i think i'll break from here to hear from you i think that's i think that's totally true like if you don't combine the spirit working the steps underground you might as well not ask actually i mean you might get it but you might also get things you don't expect, like lessons that you don't necessarily want to learn. <laughs> like, I think one of the things, though, because we went by it real fast, was the psalm for yeah, that meditation. Nah, I, you just, you just said something. Sorry, let me comment a bit. You just said something that reminded me of a thing. That's actually one of my students talked about, you know, using personal concern. I talked about all the secrets, all the tips and all of that concerning personal concern and how you can get it but she did it wrongly and she got the wrong like she got her desire but she got that desire in a wrong way now what happened she wanted a, a promotion she's close to the boss to her boss you know so she needed a personal consign from the boss in order to enact this ritual now she didn't if i'm looking for such personal concern i'll be looking for hair from his head or cigarette boots, whatever happens within the head, whatever con whatever personal concern that comes along with the head is what I'll be looking for because that is where he thinks. That's where a lot of things flows. You know, that's where he sees you. That's how everything happens like from the head in order to get contact with you. So she got to the house of these her boss. The only opportunity she had was to use the bathroom. She used the bathroom, mm. got into the bathroom, saw some hay. And she knows perfectly with that. The boss lives alone. So this is his hair. He got the hair. Not knowing where the hair comes from. The hair actually was a pubic hair and something like the private part hair and stuff like that. <laughs> so she did the ritual with it. What happened? The boss started having sexual interest in her and telling her, like, give me this thing. Give me this thing. Yeah, give me this XYZ. And then I'll give you this XYZ you're looking for. You know, it has to be in exchange for sex, and then giving you the job, the promotion and stuff like that. At a point, she saw that there was no way out, but that's the only way. She actually succumbed to it, and then she got the promotion too. 
So sometimes the spirit, if you do things wrongly, if you don't, if you're not careful, the spirit will give you, will present you what you're looking for, but with a lesson you never want to learn. You were not ready for it. That would have been a hard lesson for the client. Yeah, it was a hard lesson. <laughs> but yeah, that's sort of if you're not willing to take the steps, that's the kind of lessons that sort of can come about, like in odd ways. Um, just to kind of I don't know, get you on the right track as far as like to become better spiritual, you know, person, better spiritual, better able to work with them by teaching the lessons at times. So you talked a little bit about the new book that's coming up. We talked about the Conjure book a little. Um, we didn't talk much about the Graveyard Dirt, but right. the Graveyard Dirt much um, for a couple minutes because, you know, we started late. The Graveyard Dirt actually deals with how to actually work the graveyard. Yeah, collecting dirt. One of the things I found interesting in there was about the Hellhounds, um, both Bandit, like kind of getting rid of them. Maybe you could talk about that since that's sort of a lesser known counter topic about hellhounds and why you might have to protect from them or why people get them and all that kind of stuff. All right. The the spirits of the day are always trying to feed on humans whenever they are there. Because they were actually humans in the first place. Before, you know, via death meant a force into spirit. So they always want to feed on humans. And that's one of the reasons why when time you offer them blood, like animal sacrifices and stuff like that, it triggers them to work more better than not. Because it kind of gives them the trust, you know, to work. Now, when time you go to the graveyard, they feed on you. So you must always try to protect yourself before and after. That way you don't carry their energy on you. That way you don't allow them to attach to you unnecessarily so it's very very imperative that way you look clean and spotless everything in and out and one of the reasons why we address the spirit of the cross that you come in peace even sometimes you might actually be going to act maybe hex someone <laughs> you know but to you you actually come in peace you don't you're not in war with them so addressing them that you're in peace and by the authority of god almighty you are here so it is that authority you're using to speak and they will obey you you understand? So yep. it's very imperative that we, we we try to cleanse ourselves, cut that ties, cut that link. Once we go in and once we come out, we cut the link. I mean, I think that's a big secret of graveyard dirt is that cutting the link, go in, cut the link when you leave, so that way nothing follows you home, nothing follows you yeah. home at all. Um, that might be the whole secret of the graveyard book that some people miss when they do graveyard work. Walk in there. Yeah. All angry, walk in there angry, get angry spirits coming at them, walk out without doing anything, get sick for days, you know. Yeah, you don't you don't disturb the dead unnecessarily. You don't disturb the dead unnecessarily. You go there for a purpose, either to give offerings or to get their blessings. But whichever way there must be an offering. You don't just go there and take their debt for free. You must buy it like in an offering pattern. Then another, another thing too is the way you come into the graveyard. Some people just walk into the, the entrance of a graveyard. This is very important. This is one trick that people really don't understand. Like you just walk, like in my practice, in my culture, it's a disrespect. You could actually have the spirit slap you. 
You don't just walk into the graveyard like this is your home. That's fucking not your home. This is someone says home. So you have to pay some respect. So at the entrance, if you read the book, I told you what to do at the entrance. There are certain offerings. There are some letters certain level of libations. And, you know, in, like you have to start that interaction from that point. You can't visit someone home without knocking. That's a serious disrespect. The person could, you know, shoot you down because it feels like you're, you're a criminal or something. <laughs> so this is one part that I, I see a lot of people making mistakes. I read lots of books that have not talked about what you should do at the entrance before going in. They did not also talk about what you should do when you're going out, like at that same entrance. So there is always communication at the entrance going in and communication at the entrance when coming out. Let's use a simple example like this. I come to your house. First thing I do, I knock. What do you do? You ask, who is it? Why, who is that? Now we said, oh, it's the Luminara. Oh, it's the Luminara. Oh, okay, you're going to come in. And then either you open the door or I open the door and come in. When I finish my business with you, whatever business that brought me to your house, I'm going back. Probably I'll give you a handshake to thank you. I'm not leaving. I shut the door behind myself. So it's the same thing. It's all about showing a sign of respect to the spirits of the graveyard. People make a lot of mistakes here. Then another thing there is, another secret here is that people go to the graveyard. Sometimes they walk across the grave itself. That's very disrespectful. It's just like you're lying down on the bed as a human and someone walk across you, like step across you unnecessarily. That's a disrespect. Even your wife, the wife shouldn't cross you as a spiritual being, as a spiritual person. You shouldn't allow your wife to cross you. If you're having, probably you're having sex or whatever, that's a different ballgame entirely. But let's say you're just lying down and then she crosses you often on and on. That's bad. What that does is that it blocks out your energy. It cuts you. You understand? Someone could easily harm you by crossing you. It's like, you know, stepping on you. It's like stepping on your energy. It's not allowing you to flow. If you want to, if you want to see that what I'm saying is true here is that try to do astral projection and have someone cross you while you're doing that. You understand? You will see that you will not be able to project. You would force yourself. You can't project. You force, you can't project because someone is just trying, trying to cross. Even just once, it will block out your energy. So it's a disrespect. All right. So people cross graveyards, graves, graves at the graveyard. That's bad. At the same time, too, people make offerings beginning from the foot of the grave instead of from the headstone. You can't be talking to me without looking at my face if you're in my home. Can't be talking to me and looking at my feet. That's a disrespect. So you must look at me. Must face me. So the whole thing here is moving to the grave. Yeah, moving to the grave itself and starting the offering from the grave from the uh, from the headstone is like you're looking at the person's face. You're like you're showing respect. Like you're honoring this person, not starting from the feet. And another thing too is that is in that book. Where you pick debts matters. What do you want to use this debt for? Are you picking it from the right side, the left side, and all of you have to detect which side is the left side of this person, and which side is the right side. These are little things that needs to be done. You don't have to be in a hurry. So you could actually go to the grave a couple of days before the actual ritual day to study these things before you you know go in there and do the actual work. So where some debts are taken from the heart, from the head, from the left hands from the right hands from the feet and stuff like that it depends on what you want to use a debt for and then graveyard debt and grave debt is a two different thing the graveyard debt is a debt taken from where no one is buried 
a virgin land, but inside the graveyard, a virgin land. That is graveyard debt. The graveyard, grave debt is an actual debt taken from a specific grave. So that sometimes, some, what some people, you know, get yourself confused about. And then, at the entrance, I talked about in the book that you have to start your offering from the left side to the right side, and then the center. The, le the, the spirit of the grave, the spirit of the dead, eats from the grave, from the left, no longer from the right. They are like a mirror right now. Their, their left hand, when they were alive, becomes their right hand. The right hands right now becomes their left hand. So you must learn to offer them in that way. Actually, in my tradition, in my community, when we go to bury someone in the graveyard or actually do whatever ritual we're going to do in the graveyard, someone is asking, what is the name of the book? All right, kids, the name of the book we're talking about currently is Hoodoo Graveyard Sorcery. Raise and it also, up, Jack. So it's on the film. Yeah, Hoodoo Graveyard Sorcery. And then Hoodoo Crossroad Conjure Sorcery. That's the two books we're there talking we about okay. right now. All right, so very good. Uh, talking about the 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 off, like I was talking about in my translation. What we do is when we are in the graveyard, whatever we're doing, like we want to eat, we want to drink, is done by the left hand, cannot be done by the right. The reason why we do this is that if you eat, if you want to eat with me, you must eat with your right hand, right? You can't put your left hand into the food I'm sharing with you. It's a disrespect. So the spirit of the dead actually feeds and eats from the left hand right now. So your left hand to them is like your right hand. So you eat from there. You share meals with them. You share your drinks and stuff like that with them from that direction. So your offering has to start from that direction to this side and then to the middle. It also represents the, the way you make this offering also represents the three dimensions of existence, the spirit, the physical world, the spiritual world, the astral world. So it is like the three poles, you know, what the the golden dawn was saying, the, the pole of the, the right pole, the right left pole, and the middle pillar of the body. You know, so that's it. It also represents, you know, in a nutshell, the, that, that level of offense represents the, it moves through the three dimensions of, this, of, 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 of existence. That is the reason why you move to the left, the right, and the center. You cover all these three dimensions at once. I think I will stop there. So, yeah, that, that was fantastic, and thank you for telling that to us. So tell us about the next book. When is it coming out? All right, hopefully we should have a book the ready. The big one. Yeah, we should have it ready. I have a couple of projects right now on my hands, you know, just... Fixing up a new apartment, trying to, after the fire incident, fixing up the fire, new apartment, and then putting up new altars, trying to grab new notes and stuff like that. Because all my notes over the years, <laughs> they're all bonds. Gone, gone, yeah. So, yeah, you can see, like, a couple of, like, just to prove myself, something. Like, you can see these, all bonds. Oh, wow, yeah. So, that's it. You see my Socratic uh, book or something. It's a bonsai. So these are just a few ones that survived the fire. I'm trying to extract some couple of information here before you know before I throw them. Away. So well, you know what? Uh, when, when you get to get the new projects done, you know, sort of love to have you come back on. Do you have any events coming up that you 
you're doing soon? Yeah, yeah, a couple. So the book, talking about the book, the book should be ready on or before the end of this year. Sure thing. should be published. Okay. Depending okay. on the publisher, but I myself should be ready for the publishing on or before the end of this year. So I'm working ahead greatly on it. Hopefully it will come in together. It's going to be a great book. It's, it's just like what I would call the magician diary. You know, like what you could always go to in spell working, have conjures, whatever you can talk about, mirror magic and what. I'm talking about mirror magic. I'm actually actually having a a, a, a season, what we call the conjures, the conjurers chats, the conjurer sites chats, like where we'll have a round table where the conjures, conjurers come together and discuss conjure tricks and tips and give you, you know, answers a lot of your questions concerning conjures in general, and things like that. So it's coming up on the 6th of February, the 6th of February, yeah. That would be on Monday. I think the time is, um, so think about 6 Eastern time or something. I'll check again. So that's the event I'm having currently that's going to come up. It's just 30 bucks for two seasons. It's just two seasons per month. We're going to be running it every month. So it's just going to be two seasons so, each month. So the two seasons is just 30 bucks. General. If you send us the link, if you send us the link, we will put it on the show notes. Just reach out to me and send me the link. I'll I'll get it, I'll get it, we'll get them up in the show notes for you. So if people are interested, they could come to the shared teaching and kind of get more get get more information yeah. from you. So we I also have a class coming up on the sixth on the fifteenth of The link. Let me let me grab the link. Yep. Yep. So yeah, we can hear you now. Like we had, it seemed to stutter for a little bit, but what we'll do is we'll put that link in the show notes. And when the podcast comes up, we'll put it in the show notes too. So I, I I was talking about a class I have. It's a class that people really want to have, but they, I really want people to be there because it's really, really, it's really really entertaining the questions and really bring out all the conjure ideas, you know, that one really needs interplay. I have a class coming up on the sixth on the fifteenth of February. It's a sixteen weeks of class. The classes the classes are designed in such a way that you could read it and do it at your own time. The body is pestering you like you don't have to be in a hurry trying to meet up with others. No. And then you enrolling in this class gives you an opportunity of having me all to yourself at least once a week to communicate with me not less than one hour. Sorry, not more than one hour on the phone, either a video call or whatever, you know, for personal tutoring concerning the class. You have opportunity to interact with me, ask me as many questions as possible, have that intimate com- communication with me as part of your enrollment. Enrolling in this class makes you a part of my family, part of my spiritual circle online. You know, I don't joke with people that are in my spiritual circle too. So, and then you got lots of things to learn in this class we talked we even talked about the graveyard we talk about the module bag we talk about the crossroads we talk about how you could prepare your herbs we talk about histories of herbs signatures of herbal conjures and stuff like that lots and lots and lots spirit conjures how to fix spirit bottles how to fix ancestral shrines and all things bunch of a lot of things how to teach you how to create a jupiterian horn using the bull because the bull as an animal, you always see it attached to Jupiter all the time. It's a sacred animal to Jupiter, more especially to Beto, the Olympic spirit of Jupiter. 
you can see the drawing it has a, the head of a bull and stuff like that so i'm going to be thinking how to actually use a bull the horn of a bull to project to create a spirit horn that you could use to communicate with the forces of jupiter so a lot of things like that teaching about santa muerte teaching about saint cyprian saint peter the the the, the descent of the crossroad saint raphael what not teaching you about hygiene the conqueror what one of my lovely spirit that i want i love to work with that i've been working with for over the years i i created this formula as an ifa priest i created this formula based off from how we create ifa spirit pot so i use hygiene the conqueror roots to create a spirit pot for hygiene the spirit so instead of just using nice Nice. Uh, the root, Ijen root, root on itself. I teach you how to use Ijen root because according to history, Ijen as a person transform itself or its energy into this root per se. You understand? So this root contains the spirit known as Ijen. So why not use this, this root to form a spirit pot? So there are specific numbers of this root that are, needs to be put together, constructed in a specific way, fixed in a bowl in a specific way, and then there are things attached to it. There is a way that you have to serve it, like, you know, feed it until it will take up its energy on itself. Then there is a way of divining to know if that is actually hygiene or not. So that you don't have end up having a trickster spirit. So things like that is going to be taught. Pretty much a little bit of how to prepare if I soap, if I oils and some if I medicine, you know. It contains, the class contains roughly about 50 to 70 different spells, you know, in it as in practical spells. So, so, it's so how do people, how do people sign up for the course? All right. Sign up for the course is very easy. You just have to pay the, the fee of 200 bucks via PayPal or Cash App. Will you pay yeah, this but, but where do they go to to get the, where the, where do they go to pay? All, all right. What I would do is I would send you the link that would take them to my Facebook page that okay. will they that they will be able to read the content of the class and on the content they will be able to see the the uh, the, the PayPal or Cash App handle. It's very simple to do. Pay the money, send me a screenshot of your payment as proof of payment to me. All I need to do is to write your name in my charter or whatever and fix you enroll you in the class. Need your email and that's it. So that's the only so way we will we will we'll definitely we'll definitely include that link to you to make sure people can get to the course so that officially starts 16th of february right no 15th 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 okay 15th yeah and like you said like you said if people they can kind of take it at their own pace if it takes them longer to get through it very good very good yeah, it sounds it's, like it's in the course let me tell you something it's, like, it's actually a course that uh I bet anyone, if you don't enjoy it, if you read all the class and you tell me wholeheartedly that you don't enjoy it, I'll return every damn cash you I own you or you paid. I'll return uh, without actually, any, no pain attack. I'll return back uh, the cash. Like, if you read the whole class, uh, you, know, you say you don't like it. No, I think, you know, I'm thinking me or Zach will, might sign up just to get, to test it out. Then we can kind of be like, this is awesome. Yep. So, um, you know, you know, because it sounds, sounds like fun actually yeah it's, it's a class See, let me tell you something a lot of my friends really know me and take these classes i think people are able to give respect in their magical field you know i pay respect to them they decide just like you're saying let me try that let me see what's in there out of curiosity they join this class 
they started, you know, flowing and learning from me and all of that. They were like, ooh, you, you're charging way too low for this class. Like you could have charged, let's say, up to 500 bucks or to 1,000 bucks. And I said, the idea is that a conjure is meant for the less privileged. Unlike ceremonial magic, meant for the elites. But conjure is like meant for the less privileged. So you have to give them a fair price that will enable them to learn this trick. So I'm flowing with the same current of how conjure was better, you know, the reason for conjure. So that's it. So even when you have the experience, even when you have done it, like I heard you said something that you've you've seen a similar spell like this in one of my books, like the Crossroad Conjure or something. But it is where I design mine, the way I put mine, it's a bit different. You know, you will see the, you know, the, the quality of arrangement, the quality of designs, like how I put them together. So you might be similar to a specific ritual, but how I put it down is perfect. You know, like one, has, one, one of my uh, students has consistently had success with my crossroad rituals. You know, the way I told them how to consecrate things, how to do this ritual, consistent result. And I can prove that he has a feedback of, the, of what happened and you know, how he did it. So it's a good one. You could try it out. If you don't like it, refund all your cash back to you. That's a pretty good guarantee. Pretty good yeah. guarantee. I said, like you said, like me or Zach will probably we'll take a stab at it. So we're going to try it out. Um, Hit it that up, said, yep, that said, so we'll be like able to say, yeah, this course is really good. Okay. Kate Beg, yes, he's saying you're interested because I'll send the link, Kate, just check the link and uh, follow it up, the, you know, sign up. Yeah, well. Love to have you around. I, I think I think at that price point, you'll see. You'll see it. Now, that said, it is actually 7.20. The hour went by pretty fast. So, yeah. <laughs> what do we have going on in our stores, Zach? So, in case people are wondering, we are called, you know, the Queen City Curio. And apothecary, and we mean it. We have like 500 herbs here, a lot of Chinese medical herbs. Some of them. I so, what we're going to do, like, uh, yeah. So, we're going to, yes, Zach did say we are, in fact, having an enchantment tarot workshop next week and lucky Buddha rituals every Sunday for people who need to change their luck. And so far, I can detest there was about four people in the last ritual and they immediately got like $500 bonuses or other stuff. So luck ritual is totally working. Much, that was only the first that. thing. It was like a couple days. That, that one, that one's a hundred dollars, like hundred dollars for that, for the luck ritual. Let's yeah. be like this. Let's be like this. If you're taking oh, the oh. class. <laughs> All right. Done. <laughs> I'll take that. Deal. Yeah. If you're there's taking two the more, class. There's two more yeah, luck rituals. Out. We'll let you take both. Yeah. Okay. The next ritual is what? Sunday. We've been doing them every Sunday. All right. Yeah. So what will happen is, so if you, is get, you pull out, you pull out hundred from my from the fee, and use that for the ritual, and you pay me hundred. How about that? Done. Wheeling and dealing at the crossroads right here. <laughs> but we'll talk because I got a buggy because I got to get like, we got to get your picture and stuff. If you want to see a live stream of the video, ritual, we can set that up too. No problem. It doesn't really matter. I don't have to see life. I trust you guys. So I just. Send you my picture. Oh, no, no. You. The reason that we would offer to let you see it live is because it's pretty and beautiful. <laughs> and yeah. I <laughs> we enjoy how when we take, well, I take care of the aesthetics, the ritual of the, well, I take care of all the setup for that rich, particular ritual. And then 
Zach usually does the ritual, and then um, the different Buddhist spirits I'll be, we switch off on who will be the main driver. And I set up these tremendously beautiful altars every mm. single week for a couple hours before he starts. And it's like, I mean, really beautiful. Like, We got photos. We haven't posted them up on Insta yet, but we are collecting. Can I hear you, Jack? Zach? We have Zach? photos. And we're... Yeah, it was breaking up, Zach. Again, technology's yeah. not our friend tonight. That's tough. Aha, can I hear you now? Yeah, he's saying there. I can hear him. I can see him. He's saying they're absolutely beautiful. But so yeah, we could totally send you a live stream link, and you know, because yeah, like I'll, I'll be, I'll be glad to. I'll we, be glad to join. We, we have, yeah, we have professional lighting, everything. Like we go all out on these rituals. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, like they're which are yeah. I mean, I, aesthetics like aside, like I know that's not the only thing of the ritual, but the proof is in the pudding. Like people getting like. <laughs> lucky they're getting like promotions the next day right after the ritual we're like okay yeah you know so yeah i'll take that deal right now in so on facebook we'll we'll touch base and make sure we get all the details to make that shit that all happen later tonight all right no problem now the other thing is that we've been saying is of course starting july 1st we will be summoning and doing classes on all 72 demons of the Goetia and all 72 names of God in the same units throughout the every two weeks, a different spirit. So if you're a sponsor of our store, you only have to sponsor at 10 level and you get all rituals and all the course materials we're going to build. And we have several other authors like Stephanie Reiser helping us actually like produce materials and before July 1st, even if you become a sponsor, we're going to start having basic witchcraft classes. So if you're in Toronto or you're on the internet, we're going to go over all the basics of witchcraft, just general stuff, like how to actually work with some herbs, some basic stuff, even how to cleanse yourself, all the stuff you need to actually get a working practice and then maybe go and learn, you know, from someone like, you know, someone like our esteemed guest tonight or someone else, but enough to get you started just to get everyone going. And, and like we said, we're the formal Goetia's thing starting officially July 1st uh, with the first Goetic Spirit. And we're going to do them in order, both the names of God and things at the same time. So it should be a massive three-year undertaking that we're thinking is going to be just awesome. And then we're going to have blessed seals for all of them at the end of the rituals, at the end of the three years. So again, this is... You know, if you're in Toronto or if you're online, you want to do real stuff, here we are, 607 Gerard Street. Like, no other store in Toronto is going to do that kind of stuff. Membership programs. That said, we would definitely like to have you come back on the show, sir. We'd definitely <laughs> like to have you come back on the show. It's going to be my pleasure, man. It's going to be my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Sorry about the technical difficulties with the melon app i don't know what happened there but we we loved it so thank you very maybe much when next I call, maybe when next i call me we'll talk about it mojo back there you go that sounds like a great idea another topic that i also love thanks again if you stay on for a second they'll do the outro and we'll just kind of finish off the details now for everyone watching thanks again for watching thanks for supporting us you know stay safe stay healthy
completely. Uh, try to embrace your happiness at every stage. Wish you all the best. We'll see you next week. Next week, we're going to cover something radically different. And Zach, Zach is probably going to shut up a lot of the show because we're going to do hardcore techno magic with somebody who does algorithmic magic and has produced Chaos Tarot and wrote the website to produce random tarot readings and create sigils. As Zach knows, in my day job, I'm a computer programmer, so this is going to be a radically hardcore techno magical. Yeah, it's, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about details of how to actually make some of the some computer programmer programming work as a magical tool. Be a fun time, and uh, you know, I think we're gonna. Well, I think Zach will see how much of a geek I actually am, really when we start talking about this and technical details about oh yeah you could totally use machine learning for this and this and this yeah so that's next week <laughs> if you are an engineer or you're into tech stuff and you want to see how it applies to magic next week thanks everyone for listening thank you for having deeper down the rabbit hole is sponsored by the Queen City Curio and Apothecary in Toronto, Ontario. Proudly in East Chinatown. Our store is at 607 Gerard Street East. Unit 401. Just take the elevator up to the fourth floor and we're right there. We carry the finest spiritual goods for all spiritual paths. Whatever you are into, we can help you. Check out our full public library of occult materials with over a thousand books. Accessible anytime the store is open. Check us out online at queencitycurio.ca. Be sure to leave a wish at our wish shrine right outside our door. You never know, it may just come to pass.